Section three of Sermons to Children by Sabine Baring Gould. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Sermon three. Tidiness. Lent. St. John, chapter six, verse twelve. Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Who is this who gives such a command? Is it a poor widow who has no food and is obliged to gather together the crusts and crumbs of today's meal to serve for the morrow, not knowing where elsewhere to look for food? Or is it Lazarus, lying at the gate of the rich man, who desires to be fed with the fragments from the banquet and entreats the servants to collect them and give them to him, being himself unable to work for a living and too loathsome an object to dare venture into the hall of dives to gather for himself the rich morsels? No. The words come from the mouth of Jesus. He had performed a great miracle, had fed five thousand with barley loaves and two small fishes. In the hands of his apostles the bread had been multiplied, so that these few loaves had satisfied many. Christ had shown his divine power, had shown that he could give an abundance to all who need. Why, then, does he add this command? Is his power exhausted? so that he can do no more miracles and must save the crumbs for another day? Not so. He has no need of the fragments that remain. There is no necessity to him that they should be collected and that nothing should be lost. No. For our sakes the command was given. He ordered the crust to be taken up and collected in baskets instead of being left to lie about on the grass and be trodden into the earth by the feet of the multitude to teach us a lesson and that lesson is a double one, economy and tidiness. God gives us his good things in abundance, and then he expects us to economize them. And this holds true of things spiritual as well as material. This applies to daily grace as well as to daily bread. God is a ready giver. He openeth his hand and filleth all things living with plenteousness, but he expects of his rational creatures that they shall show their knowledge that he is the giver of their good things by receiving them with thankfulness and treating them with respect. In Germany, if a child throws a piece of bread down on the floor, the father or mother makes it pick up the bread and kiss it, saying, It is God's gift. Wastefulness is wrong because it shows a disregard for what God has given us. Now, curiously enough, it is a fact that those who have least, those who live from hand to mouth, are generally more wasteful than those who have good things and things necessary regularly supplied to them. In London I have noticed that it is in the most squalid, wretched, poverty-stricken districts that crusts of bread are to be found lying about in the gutters. It is precisely in those parts where the poor live in a hand-to-mouth manner, having much today and nothing tomorrow, that wastefulness is most common. When they have plenty, they do not know what to do with the abundance, they are improvident and throw it away, and never dream of laying by for the morrow. Of course, one would suppose that those who have their bread given them every day would be wasteful. So they are sometimes, no doubt. But those who are preeminently wasteful are those who get plenty to eat one day and nothing at all the next day. And so it is very often with servants. Those who have been nearly starved at home in service are the most dainty, and the most wasteful. Now, as I have already said to you, God expects us to economize his gifts to us, whether these gifts be earthly or spiritual. 
we may waste and squander the spiritual gifts of God, just as we may waste and squander the material gifts of God. And very often it is precisely such as most need the grace of God, such as are most without spiritual blessings, who do not know what to do with them when they have them, but throw them away. Those, on the other hand, who daily pray and daily receive of God a supply of His grace, value every means that He has ordained, or that the church has provided, for feeding their souls. He that gathereth much hath nothing over, and he that gathereth little hath no lack. Each takes according as he needs. He asks for grace to strengthen him for such a trial, to enable him to overcome such a difficulty, to resist such a temptation, to master such an infirmity, and he gets enough. He seeks it where it may be found, and he gets it as he needs. He prizes every opportunity offered him. But the negligent, the irreligious, you will find, do not care for God's grace, do not care for sacraments, do not care for church privileges. They cast these aside. They have no appetite for them. They do not know what to do with them. They value them not because they have not grown up in an orderly Christian habit of using God's means of grace. Now, what I want to impress on you, children, is this. To acquire early a frugal habit of using all things that God gives, not to waste any of his blessings, not to throw aside into the gutters any of his gifts. What you eat and what you wear come to you from God. He has given your parents means to provide you with food and clothing. Some have to work hard to furnish you with them. Well, waste neither. Use, but squander not. Eat as much as you want, but be neither greedy nor wasteful. God gave the bread, and God expects it to be received with thankfulness. So with your clothes. God gave your parents money to provide you with them. Be careful of them. Do not involve your parents in more expense than is necessary to keep you decently clothed. Just consider how much work has gone to make up your little coat or gown. First the wool grew on the sheep's back, and the farmer had to tend his flock and cultivate roots for the winter food of the sheep at great expense. Then the wool was shorn and washed and put through a machine to card it and draw it into long fibers, and it was spun in another machine and woven into cloth, and then it was dyed, and after that was cut out and made into clothes for you. Even as being the result of so much labor, you ought to be careful of it. So many men have given their time and labor to it. But still more ought you to be careful of your clothes because God has given them to you. And now I come to another point. Do you remember when Jesus Christ rose from the grave, and St. Peter and St. John hasted to the sepulchre, and St. Peter went in and saw the linen cloths lie, and the napkin that was about his head not lying with the linen cloths, but wrapped together in a place by itself? Why do you think that this little incident is mentioned in the Gospel? What can be the reason that it is recorded, and that now, nearly two thousand years after the resurrection, we should know what was done with the linen shroud and face cloth of Christ, that the shroud was rolled up and put in one place, and the napkin carefully folded and put away in another place? I will tell you, to teach us tidiness. I can think of no other reason. Just as in the great miracle of feeding the five thousand, the Lord bade his apostles gather up the fragments that remained, that nothing might be lost, that he might teach us the necessity of avoiding wastefulness, so at his resurrection he laid his grave clothes in careful order, neatly folded, to teach us tidiness. Just think on this. On that joyous morning of Easter, 
after the cruel death on Calvary, after the descent into the place of departed spirits, the hour came when the soul of Jesus returned to the body lying stiff and cold in the tomb. Once more the flush of life came into the cheeks, once more the dim eyes brightened, and the still heart began again to beat, and the lungs to breathe. Well, what was Christ's first thought? Did an angel come down from heaven, and was there an earthquake? Did Christ go at once to relieve the anxiety and cheer the heart of his mother? Did he at once escape the prison of his grave? No. He first folded up his grave clothes and put them tidily in their proper places, and then, then rose from the grave. You may be quite sure that unless tidiness were a Christian grace, Jesus Christ would not have provided that his gospel should record this striking instance of it for all ages to read. Slovenliness comes of idleness or carelessness. It is one of the manifest tokens of indolence. The boy or girl who is untidy is generally so because too lazy to put things away. Things are left about and get lost or broken because the owners will not take the trouble to put them away. This is another form of wastefulness. This shows that a sufficient value has not been set on things provided. Yet everything provided for the child has cost money and cost trouble, and therefore should have care taken of it. A book, for instance, has cost money, say, a shilling. It is thrown about, gets torn, and the back broken. It is of no more use. That is just the same as throwing away a shilling. But you know at once how wrong it would be to throw money away. Well, can you not see how wrong it is to waste that which has cost money? If you are disposed to untidiness, to leaving your things littered about to be spoiled or lost, think of the sepulchre of Christ and the rolled-up grave clothes, and take example from them. Christ is not our pattern in great things only, but in little things as well. He that copies him in small things will copy him in great. He that values material gifts will value spiritual gifts also. End of section 3